A. A is for. M is for murder. E is for. Danger. And, uh, Dutch. With. Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Is For Podcast. If it's your first time joining us, the Is For Podcast is a show where we take a letter of the alphabet and we assign it a topic. Tonight's letter is A, and tonight's topic is Avengers Theories. Now, I am your host with the most, the lovable, the sensual Sarge. Yeah, that's right, you guys. Don't imply me. So... I can't do this show alone, and joining me tonight is my panel of experts. All right, they're with me all the way down this trip down the rabbit hole. First, he's the man behind Danger Talks. His pointed shoes is the bane of inflatable balls everywhere. He puts the eared in beard. Give it up for Danger. Now, not to be outdone. My next cohort in crime is Danger and Sarge's very own paranormal expert. He's only mildly more dangerous than a toddler with a spoon. He's the artist formerly known as Baby G. Give it up for Monster. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. Uh, that was that was aggressively nice. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that would be equivalent to typing "thank you" in all caps. Like, aggressively polite. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so how tonight's show is going to work with these Avenger theories is I have picked two Avenger theories that I can research the most, find the most information on, and then I have one of my very own. So I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to give you the research I have found, and then we're going to answer the question. We're going to try to go as quickly and thoroughly as possible because this has the possibility to be a two-parter. So question one, are you gentlemen ready? Do I have a choice? Yes. Now, is, is there like a buzzer that I need to ring in? Like, am I trying to beat Casey? Or no, you're not trying to beat Casey, okay, unless, right. you, unless you really right. want to beat him. You know, Do yeah. I just hit my keyboard a lot in front of me? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, 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 we'll get you one at a time. All right, Ooh, question one. Some ding sounds. No, we will not, because that's extra work. So, question Very number close. one. Is Mjolnir sent- sentient? I always mess that words up. So, Mjolnir, Thor's hammer. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, is it alive? Does it have a conscience? And Thor 2011, the movie Thor 2011, Odin strips Thor of his powers, right? So it vanishes into Earth, takes the hammer, whispers so sweetly into the hammer, whoever holds this hammer, if they be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Then he throws it down the ground, and the next thing you know, you see rednecks with trucks trying to... Uh, Stanley's one of those rednecks. Yes, trying to pull the hammer out of the ground and failing miserably. Now, in Age of Ultron, Steve Rogers, during the party scene, Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, walks over and tries to pick the hammer up. It starts to budge slightly. Thor gets this shocked look on his face, but then Steve Rogers stops. All right. And Thor Ragnarok. All right, y'all seen Thor Ragnarok. Hera breaks Thor's hammer, right? And later on in the movie, when Thor is getting his ass handed back to him by his by his older sister because she broke his toys, he goes and cries to his dad that he can't beat Hera without his hammer. To which Odin replies, Are you Thor, god of hammers? Now, in Endgame, 
the final Avengers movies, Steve Rogers is able to use Mjolnir the Hammer with efficiency as he goes off of Thanos. Spoiler. No, no, no spoiler. The movie's been out. If you haven't seen it yet, it's your own damn fault. YouTube exists. So, with those three things, I, am, I have come to the conclusion that I think the hammer is alive, that it is sentient, that it can choose the degree of worthiness at a specific time. Because, like, why couldn't Steve Rogers... Hold on, Luke. I, I see your hand up. Why, why couldn't Steve Rogers pick the hammer up originally during Age of Ultron, but Vision, after Vision is made, can pick it up like it's nothing and he hands it to Thor, and then they go, they go do what Avengers do and raise property damage, right? So, got me thinking, what did Steve Rogers do in his past that made Mjolnir not want him to pick him up right then? And, you know, he lied to get in the military, he got in the fights, right? He essentially, in his mind, gave up his own best friend. Right? Buck went, went when Bucky died. So, did the hammer overlook those things in Endgame? So, go ahead, Luke. You had your hand up. Okay, now I'm allowed to answer. Okay, okay. I do not think the hammer is sentient, but I believe that Steve Rogers, aka Captain America, proved himself to be worthy through his actions. So, the party scene, uh, Age of Ultron, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Captain America had done enough yet to prove himself worthy to to pick up the hammer. But by the time Endgame comes around, he was so, like you said, he he lied to get in the military. You know, he didn't have like a squeaky clean past, but he had done so many good things. Uh, by the time they're battling Thanos, that that he was had the power to the power and the purity. To, to wield the hammer. Okay. Casey, what do you got? How much of my comic book nerdiness do you want me to dive into here? All I of mean, it. Now's the time to uh, use it. Okay. <laughs> There's very few times that I can let my nerd flag fly. I was going to say, very rarely will this come in handy in future uh, <laughs> moments, so now's the time to use it. Yes. Okay. So, Captain America is one of several people that have wielded Mjolnir over the course of the comics. Now, uh, we're not in, we're not in the comics. You just said I could. I said you could let your nerd flag fly, but I, we, we didn't get into the comics yet. We're still in the movies. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're talking. So the this, movies. okay. So this is uh, disregard the comic books for this particular part. Yes, because how many of our listeners have actually sat down and read the comics, where they know that Steve Rogers is actually a Hydra person? Well. Step one of that conversation is we need more listeners than people we know on a first name basis. <laughs> Once we get to that point, then we can have that kind of question. <laughs> All right. So in the movies, the movies alone, um, I don't think that Steve Rogers had a sorted past before, but I don't think that he had yet proved himself fully worthy. Now, according to what... Um, Odin said was uh, what was the quote again that he said what did he whisper sweetly into the hammer whoever holds this hammer if they be worthy shall possess the power of Thor right so we have to look at a couple things in the movies one yes Steve Rogers proved himself worthy of picking up Mjolnir did he possess the powers of Thor 
No, he did not. He could not command lightning when he picked it up. So you have to ask yourself, did he prove himself worthy of picking up the hammer or worthy of possessing the powers of Thor? I don't think he proved himself worthy of the whole shebang, but he at least could pick up the hammer. Now, that's that's why I'm glad you brought that up, because that is actually one of the things out there is because Endgame takes place after Ragnarok in the, in the MCU timeline. Right. So when or so when Odin passed away, when Odin died in Ragnarok, did his enchantment on the hammer die with him? To your point, what you said earlier, when Odin's talking to Thor and he says, are you the god of thunder or are you the god of hammers? I don't know that Thor's special, quote-unquote, special powers are necessarily linked solely to the hammer. Because I think, like, you know, he's the god of thunder. His weapon is the hammer. And, you know, that was... I I want to jump on that for a second because I think it's funny that Thor is labeled the god of thunder. But he commands lightning. He doesn't command just sound waves. <laughs> Semantics. And, okay, and look. But <laughs> that's always bothered me. God of thunder, God of lightning, or God of thunder. I, you know, I don't know. God of thunder just sounds metal. God yeah. of lightning. God of that, thunder. It does sound yeah. like it sounds like he, he like, like you should invite him to your house for a, like a light show. It, I think that was Black Sabbath's second record. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but something like yeah. that. I'm pretty sure there may be a like an 80s epic metal band out there called God of Thunder. I, I feel like that is a thing that does exist somewhere. Now, I want you, I, I want you all to know, listeners and, and, and you two, I am not trying to get you to agree with my point. I'm just giving you the stuff that was said. So if you don't agree that the hammer is sentient, that's fine. Again, it's that whole, if Thor holds his hammer and the Hulk grabs Thor and swings Thor around, is, is the Hulk essentially wielding the hammer? You know, it's okay. just one of those. But I have I have something I want to talk about that you actually just mentioned. So you said when Odin died, did his enchantment die on the hammer? If you remember in, I believe it was um, Forever Battle or Infinity War, whichever one you call it, um, when uh, Doctor Strange, uh, the who we kept calling Squidward, I forget his name now, was about to kill him to get the uh, the, the time stone. And he said, you know, there's an enchantment of, you know, protection on it. I can't remember his exact words or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And he said, good luck uh, breaking a dead man's enchantment. So with with that being said, no, I don't think Odin's enchantment went away just because Odin died. You know, I am so glad you brought up the Mad Titan. Yeah. Because question two. Are you ready? Luke's eyes tell me that he is... He's got something going on in that brain. Oh, what you got, bud? Five, five seconds. Sidebar. The the what now? The Mad Titan. And 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 who and and that is uh who now? The Mad Titan is, was another name for Thanos. Ah, okay, Thanos. Which, All right. I, I didn't. I wasn't saying Thanos. I was saying one of his minions. The the one that. Well, I remember um, you talking Tony about Stark Squidward. Squidward. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, Thanos. Okay, gotcha. Please continue. And I'm sure there's going to be. Somebody that listens to this along the way yelling the name of that character. Oh, probably. Yeah. It's going to be Kyle. It's going to be Kyle. We we know Kyle. He's a, <laughs> I don't know Kyle. Does he drink energy drinks? I don't know a Kyle. So, anyway. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So, 
Question two. Why did Thanos respect slash fear Tony Stark? Think about it. Think about it. So, Thanos beats the Hulk like a redheaded stepchild, right? Essentially makes the God of Thunder look like a squeaky toy, right? But when it comes to Tony Stark, he doesn't. He actually treats him almost as an equal, so much so that in the movie he even states that he's going to spare him out of respect. Why? Why does he respect him? So, before, I have some evidence, right? So, if you remember the original... your evidence. Okay, so if you remember the original Avengers movie, the, the first Avengers movie, yeah, right? When the when Loki brings the Chitari army... Oh, here we go! So, yeah. when... So when Loki brings the Chitari Ark, Chitari, Chitari army down, right? The original, so in the original Avengers movie, right? The Chitari armies, led by Loki, comes down, starts train wrecking Earth, and then just Shield, the not not all of Earth, yeah, just, just, York, just because the, why disaster not? movies never happen in like. North Carolina, like Charlotte, well, to see L.A. or New York. Okay, the reason why they yeah. sidebar. The reason why they came to New York is because that was the only building in the world with its own arc reactor. Yes, I remember. But okay, yeah, just, just so comment on disaster movies. So Shield fires a nuclear missile, which Tony Stark in his Iron Man suit grabs and somehow miraculously, like you know. She takes it into space and uses a nuclear weapon and wipes out the entire the, the entire army in one fell swoop. Right? He basically does an, a a backwards Doctor Strange love where he doesn't write it down as it's yeah. <laughs> so there's that, and you know I think that once once Thanos was in possession of the Time Stone, he was able to see everything that Tony Stark has done in his life and respects him for making the hard choices like Thanos supposedly makes the hard choices, right? So I think that's why Thanos respects him. The fears him? Okay, I can see that with the nuclear weapon, but I think he just respects it because they both think the same way. Well, what do you guys think? All right, you want to go first, Luke? Sure. Uh, speaking strictly from the films, cinematically, chronologically, it makes sense to have kind of the final showdown of this incredible MCU cinematic universe thing to culminate with this battle between the first one, Iron Man, and now Thanos the Big Baddie. Now... I think had, uh, let's say, a Captain America movie came out before Iron Man, maybe that final showdown would have been Captain America and Thanos, and they would have, you know, it would have went more that way. But I think because the series, I'm calling it a series, but the film collection starts with Iron Man, Tony Stark, it kind of ends with him versus Thanos. Which I think that was uh, represented in him saying, I am Iron Man in the snap, which mm -hmm. ended everything. But if you want to go into what actually fell first in the timeline, it would have actually been Captain America. Well, so, it, Captain America and I think Captain Marvel, too, take place before Iron Man. 
Right. Captain Marvel takes place in the 80s, which um, that movie should have taken, 90s. Or in the 90s, which that movie yeah. should have taken place in a garbage can because it was shit. Um, well, I, it I is like the... It. I didn't love it either, but it is it 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 does make three eleven part of the uh, MCU, so it does have some significance. It also made Kevin Smith part of the MCU because uh, Stan Lee's cameo is reading uh, Mallrats script. Hey, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Captain Marvel's more important than you think. Sure, whatever. <laughs> I'll I'll give it to you. I, Sidebar: you know. three eleven comes up again in the Wandavision television series. So just just throwing that out there. <laughs> Does it? Where in the Wandavision? Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, but I think it's Wanda's brother. Is is in it? Pietro. Like, yeah, like one of the last couple episodes. They're sitting in the house right before um the the witch uh starts that whole battle. And if you listen real carefully, he's playing acoustic guitar and he plays the first couple notes to Amber. He's like huh. do 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 do, and then all hell breaks loose. So Amber, Amber is the color. That's why they did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait, I haven't gone yet. That was getting ready to pull the train. Gonna say the train's starting to get off the rails. Let's reel that back in off of yeah. Wandavision because we're not in W's. All right, all right, sorry. Yeah. All right, all right, fair enough. Okay, so. There's a couple things you have to ask yourself within the cinematic universe. So, at the very end of, um, oh, hell, what was the last one called? Endgame? The one where, Endgame, yeah. Um, so, in at the end of Endgame, um, old Steve Rogers, Captain America, goes back in time to put the stones where they go in the line of things. But, the way that he did it, or the way that it was said, or the way that it all played out, he went and finished his life with Peggy, thus throwing her entire timeline off. And when that happened, it would have thrown off the entire timeline of, you know, the rest of the MCU because he never would have become a, an Avenger. Because uh, he then goes through the entire timeline and shows up at the very end of the movie as an old man. So, he, so none of that stuff would have ever happened with the way that he did the Infinity Stones at the end of Endgame. But since we got that first movie, where that first Avengers movie, where, you know, Iron Man, you know, reguides the nuclear missile to destroy the big ship. Um, I want to actually say that Thanos, the Mad Titan, um, the big purple thumb, um, he... Grimace! Yes, Grimace. Um, <laughs> angry, world-destroying Grimace. Um <clears throat> While, yes, he may respect Iron Man or Tony Stark for making the hard choices, how many hard choices did Tony Stark really make throughout the movies? Quite a bit, actually. If you go back and you watch them all, you know, he did make a, a lot of hard choices. Like when, you know, he, would be, he was a friend to, to Steve Rogers through the majority of the, of, of the beginning movies. I would say they were frenemies. They talked junk to each other. Oh, of course they did. It's kind of like why I talk trash about you guys, right? You're still my friends. Fair enough. But, you know, he made the choice to, you know, go with what his his gut was telling him, you know, and fight, you know, fight against them in Civil War. That, that That's a tough choice. He gave up a lot for that. And then when he almost died in Endgame on the ship before Captain Marvel saved him, you know, and then I roll. 
Eye roll. Oh, yeah. Shut up. It wasn't just an eye roll. It was like your head wobbled. And we st- the earth kind of shifted a little bit. Okay. My, my eye roll almost took my head off. I'm sorry. I need to make sure. Yeah, my floor is still level. Yeah, mine's level too. It's okay. So yeah, so so throughout throughout he has made difficult decisions. So okay. yeah. So he I, I feel like yes, he has made difficult decisions, but every every one of the Marvel movies, they have to make a difficult decision for the story to come to a close for that movie. But I don't think he's made any big difficult decisions on the level of on the level of, you know, uh, making half the universe disappear to help everybody have food or overcrowding and whatnot. Yeah, and you know, and, and there's something I struggle with, not to get way off topic again, but like Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's still Marvel related, it's still Avengers related. Civil War. Am I the only one that felt like it should have been Captain America and Iron Man should have been swapped. Like, it, like it, it seems like they should have been on the other side of the argument than they were. Well, that's actually, it's actually accurate to the comic line. Uh, the okay. comic story okay. is that um, Steve is very against it for, you know, not wanting everybody to, or not feeling like everybody should have to out themselves and tell the world who they are and show their identities. And then Cap- Iron Man is for it. Um the the way that it actually happens in the comics is very different. Very, okay. very different. But, <laughs> okay. you know, similar explosion, blah, blah, blah. Uh, people die. But a lot more people die. Um, a lot of people die in the comics. Like, it's just, it's a lot yeah. of people. But okay. anyway. Yeah, Crazy so- train, rails. So, one last time. Why do you think Thanos respected slash feared Tony Stark Luke? I, I think, strictly speaking... Cinematically, it's it was a decision to basically where the franchises started, where the MCU started, that's where they ended. They okay. started with Tony Stark and Iron Man, so they wanted it to end with Tony Stark and Iron Man. All right. Casey, same question. I think it was actually just a move for the movie, similar to Luke's opinion of cinematically for the movies, but... If you're going to dive into the character itself and motivations and whatnot, I think it was probably more of his own game. Okay. All right. So final question. So I'm going to ask this and I want you guys to answer this. When I say a name, tell me who comes to mind. It's not a buzzer. Put your hand down. Come on. Okay. Okay. Since you wanted to raise your hand and go first, Brown Nose, you can get to go second. So Casey, Casey. If I say... God, Jingle, Jingle Hoversmith. No. Uh, no. If I say Nick Fury, who comes to mind? Uh, David Hasselhoff. Really? David Hasselhoff actually played Nick Fury in the original movie. Okay, your answer doesn't and, count. And, the ori- <laughs> and the Nick Fury that I know looks more like David Hasselhoff, and he's actually an elderly, gray, graying white man. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That's why we're not We're not talking about the comics. All right. Nick Fury, um, Samuel Jackson. All right. Okay. All right. So if I say, if if I say, you know, like Vision, Luke, who comes to mind? Uh, what's his name? Paul Bethany. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. So a lot Who's of the, actor, by the way. So a a lot of a lot of what we know from the MCU lately, like what people will recognize, is like Chris Evans being Captain America, right? And they don't understand that Tony Stark, that is Robert Downey Jr., that is Iron Man. So how do you keep 
Tony Stark in the MCU and even after he died in Endgame. Right? We all know the stones were taken back, so we know there's no time stone anymore. So I thought about this because I was like, there's no way Robert Downey Jr. is never going to play Tony Stark ever again. I mean, it's, it's, he's going he's to pick up that mantle again. So how will they fit him in? So my theory for this is let's 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 think about let's think about his AIs, right? The first AI and Iron Man, Jarvis. And then he had what was it, Friday? Was the next yeah. one. Right? And if you notice those two AIs were like kind of snarky, like they would verbally spar with them almost. Right. Right? And then I don't know why they named this one the way they did. Karen. Right? <laughs> who did, who did he give Karen to? I'm I'm sorry, I don't remember Karen. Gave it to Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't now, even know she had a name. Yes, yeah, so Karen, we'll call her Karen, right, is more of a motherly type AI he designed for Peter Parker. It actually encourages him throughout sense. the movies, right? Because what is the one thing Peter Parker didn't have? Parents. I, I, I just put things together in my head because um, Karen wouldn't let him have all of his abilities and was and was reporting back to Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. So really, Karen in the movie was a Karen. Yeah, yeah. She, was, she was like, "Hold on a minute, I have to go talk to the manager, Tony." <laughs> yeah. awesome. Tony, Tony gave Peter a Karen. Yes, that's like, amazing. A Karen. He would. So he would. So the final AI he made is called Edith, and they it actually runs the glasses that Peter Parker wears. It's more software based and Edith essentially stands for even in death I'm the hero. Okay, cool. That's a very arrogant move. It it's Tony Again, Stark. It, it, if it's Tony Stark's character. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah sure. definitely, definitely. So now if we also take Tony Stark's character and we take walk his suits back, right? His very first suit, the Mark One, was essentially a flying tank. Right? Yeah. It lasted what? Thirty minutes and it was done. And then his next one could take an he actual had gone crashing into the desert. It may have lasted longer, but you know we don't know that. So and then his next suit was uh, the Mark II, which essentially took a tank round to it and just scuffed the paint. Like oh my god! And then it, quick upgrades. Yeah, and and then like a few like, like chronologically speaking, like twenty minutes later, you know he takes out an entire jet with his body. And he's perfectly fine. Now, as we look at his suit progressions, they become more brittle. In Iron Man 2, what's his name? Um, God, the guy that plays the villain in Iron Man 2. Tony Rourke. Rourke. Yeah, yeah, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Mickey Rourke's... So when Mickey Rourke got the part, got the news that he got the part, he disappeared from, like, all communication for a couple weeks. And they learned that he had checked himself into a Russian prison to help him get into character. Right. So, yeah. also, side note, I just found out yesterday that the film Death Proof by Quentin Tarantino, Mickey Rourke was originally supposed to play Stuntman Mike before Kurt Russell got the part. I am sorry I had to share. Please continue. Awfully. Oh, and this is with trains on fire, conductors getting ready to jump. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. So, you know, Mickey Rourke's character essentially, like, messes his suit up something short of fierce. In Iron Man 3, all of his suits can fly on their own. You know, in, in, in Avengers, the suits are so brittle that he goes through suits left and right. You know, and as it goes on, they get more brittle. But 
they get more powerful. And in the end of Endgame, the rescue suit that he made for Pepper Potts is essentially shooting lasers. Like bursts of the sun at people and just wiping things out. So, do you think Tony Stark would let himself die like that? I don't think so. And I think they're going to keep him in there because when he is, when he does the snap and he says his, his I am Iron Man for the final time and he's talking to his daughter, right? If you watch the scene, he gets up out of the chair he was in, he walks over, he stares at his daughter, he gets down on his le on her level and says, I love you 3,000. How would he know where she was sitting, how she was sitting, and everything like that if he already didn't upload his consciousness into an AI? That's my theory how they're going to keep him in. He's going to be like the shield AI. Um, so you're, you're suggesting that like how Jarvis or Karen or one of those like voiceover AIs in the future Avengers, whatever, it's going to be Robert Downey Jr.'s voice as Tony Stark as that kind of character? Yes. I think I, I think they're going to do the whole, like, projection. He's going to know who he's talking to because he uploaded his consciousness into an AI matrix or something like that. I think that's how they're going to keep him in there. That That's my that's my theory. Savior, so, you, you going to run with this one? Yeah, here's my theory. Sorry, I had to clear the throat for... We jump into this one fully. Okay. So first up, um, I don't think that they are going to continue Tony Stark. I think that Tony Stark will continue only in flashbacks, dream sequences, and things like that. I do think that he will become more of a voice actor at times, but I don't think he's going to become a permanent fixture. You know, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that they are going to take something else from the comics as they have done. And so, okay, in the Hawkeye series, in the, the comics and what's happening in the movie or the, the show that they're coming out with is uh, Clint Barton or Jeremy Renner is handing off the mantle of Hawkeye to a younger person. In the comics, Tony Stark pretty much hands off the mantle of Iron Man to a younger person. So I think that they are going to hand it off to another person, a young girl, probably because that's what happens in the comics and that's what's happening in the Hawkeye series. And she's going to carry on the mantle of Iron Man or Iron Lady. I don't, Iron Girl, I don't know. But um, Iron Person. Iron, right. We don't use pronouns in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> so I don't think that Tony Stark is going to exist outside of um, maybe small cameos in the background of places where, you know, Peter Parker thinks that he sees Iron Man somewhere. Because if he saw, uh, what was it? Um, the the last the last Spider Man movie he was mourning Tony Stark. You know he was he was going through the whole process. So I think we're going to see maybe him in background places, the back of his head, sort of things, the kind of thing that you could use a stunt double for. You know, a look alike. But I don't think we're going to see a continuation of Tony Stark because the Tony Stark storyline came to a full close. Now, the whole thing about him, you know, getting down on her level. I think is one of two things. Either one, we mentioned earlier, or we didn't, I did, because I'm smarter, um, that, you know, Steve Rogers went and did the um, the Stones thing back in history, back in time. And I think that there's some correlation between the time travel of the Stones and that moment. Two, I think that Tony Stark was going over to 
turn off the thing, and it was just a coincidence that his daughter was sitting in that place. So it's a help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope kind of situation? More or less, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, no, I don't think they're going to continue Tony Stark in the MCU. Um, also, to add to that, Robert Downey Jr. was the most expensive of all of the actors, and I think Disney's going, yeah, no. Uh, and I and I did. I just looked up. He has been playing that character for eleven years. Now, granted, from I, two thousand, he started filming in two thousand seven, but mm-hmm. um, up until the last one that came out, yeah, yeah, he's been and for a long time. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Mark Hamill's been playing Luke Skywalker for forty, but I, I don't. I, I'm kind of with he you. He took on a this. good break for a while. He did. He did. Um, I, I, I'm with you on this one. I think the, the Iron Man story has come to a close. Um, I agree. Just for sheer nostalgia value, they will throw in a flashback here or there. They will throw in a cameo here or there. I wouldn't be shocked to see Tony Stark. Well, let me rephrase that. Robert Downey Jr. play like a one-line extra in, in some other Avengers movie or or Marvel film somewhere, but I think I agree with you, Casey. I think the character Tony Stark slash Iron Man, he's not going to be around anymore. Yeah, and there can't be anybody else that's put in the Tony Stark role. I, Robert Downey Jr. has owned the role completely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard to it's hard to separate the two at this point. I mean, it you know, even though Robert Downey Jr. had a wonderful and great acting history and him taking the role of Tony Stark and turning it into what he did shows that anybody in this world can make a comeback if you play your cards right. Cause sure. Robert sure. Jr. hit absolute rock bottom at one point, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think that we're going to see the Tony Stark character continue outside of flashbacks, voiceovers, things like that. Yeah. So I didn't want to bust this out, but, but, but I had to, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to bust oh, this out. Okay. Don't stand up. Okay, so in 2015, there's a comic series put out, licensed officially by Marvel, in which a young super genius named Ironheart built her own fully functioning Iron Man suit. Tony Stark, after his death in Endgame, became a conscious AI known as the Stark AI, which piloted and assisted her suit. Now, that has been confirmed. Now, has that been confirmed that they're making an Ironheart film? I don't know if they're making an Ironheart film. I'm saying in 2015, officially licensed through Marvel, this comic existed, and to which Ironheart had the Stark AI. Now, it would not shock me at all if that does come into... At some point, simply because, look, I'm not the biggest comic book fan in the world, but I have heard of Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I knew all that. The Eternals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's we're not. No. You know, so, so the MCU is uh, Disney is grabbing at other parts of the MCU or the mar- the cin- excuse me, the comics and mm-hmm. and grabbing all the properties. Now, as a fan of comp books for 36 years to me it's exciting i i love it they're giving me little nuggets of things that and putting things on a big screen with a budget worthy of what they deserve 
And to me, it's a lot of fun. But it is getting very difficult for the casual person like yourself, Luke, to to kind of know what the hell's going on. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, it's kind of like the old man. It's kind of like the old man Logan comics and yeah, which and Marvel the, versus DC and all that stuff. Right. Which the you know so all throughout the movies, I as someone who have read comics for my entire life, um, have been able to pick out things that are wrong and whatnot. But also at the same time, they've done a fantastic job of tweaking things and merging certain storylines to where it it works. Like the. Uh, the Civil War storyline was the main storyline was seven issues, and then it branched off into all these different comics and worlds and stuff, and it was insane. But they got the the essence of the story right, you know. They they got the core of it, you know. And Iron Man and Captain America were on those sides, and there's a lot to unpack within that. But um, so you want to talk about what Marvel did in what was it, 2015? You said mm-hmm. with Ironheart, okay. This is part of where I think that the MCU is actually heading. So when I said that Robert Downey Jr. Um, could only return in maybe a voiceover thing, maybe with Ironheart because it, you know, he did help. You know, his AI did help pilot that, but it was not said that it was Iron Man himself. You know, in it the does. Comics, oh, it does. It does. In the comics, I don't remember. And there, there is there is a part in there where it's like, oh my gosh, it's a replica. And he goes, I'm not a replica. Okay. So I, I don't remember that, but also at the same time, there's so many damn comics, it's impossible to keep up with. So. A lot of people out there on the interwebs honestly believe it's an attempt by Marvel to leave a loophole in the timeline to allow them to reintegrate Robert Downey Jr.'s version of Tony Stark, because you yeah. cannot have another Iron Man. And no, but what you can <laughs> well, have is one of the stories that I think, one of the comics I think they're going to end up adapting, which I believe they've been setting up for, it was a series called Young Avengers, in which I think that Ironheart character is going to get a solo movie, and then you know we're going to see uh, Avengers team up again, all over again. But it's going to be Young Avengers, and their Young Avengers were quite different than the. And strictly not to to you know shatter the illusion, but as Robert Downey Jr. I'm a 36 as a... year old man still reading comics, there is no illusion. <laughs> it's all been shattered. Fair enough, but as a man, as a professional actor. I don't know that Robert Downey Jr. wants to continue to be known one note as the Avenger guy. Like, that's really cool right now, but I think Mm -hmm. he would want to go on to do other things. Like, a a good example is um, Hugh Jackman. He played Wolverine a dozen times, and he was great, but... He is. I think he's made it clear that Wolverine is just one of the things mm-hmm. he can do, and I think that Robert Downey Jr. has a lot left in him, and I think that he's gonna. I I I, I foresee him going into some other films. I, I I'm not saying he's completely out of Marvel's Marvel and Disney's grasp. I'm sure he will make some appearances, like I said, but I, I think he's ready to move past that. I think he is too, and I just think. Marvel, Disney, the MCU, whatever you want to call it, the mouse is trying to keep a loophole in there in some way, shape, or form to bring them back. Okay, so maybe they had it planned out to where that was going to happen in 2015, and, you know, and they did put that loophole in the comics. Uh, 
at the same time, I think, you know, Robert Downey Jr., while he would want to go and do other things, I think that he does have such a love and affinity for the character that he wouldn't mind popping up once in a while doing something. <clears throat> like yeah, a flashback but, dream sequence or something like sure. that. Sure. You know? I feel like if they tried to do like a Luke Skywalker thing in 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 this new Star Wars what, where trilogy, they cheated the audience. Okay, take it easy there. Take yeah. it easy there. I've got um, I feel like there's there's certain things that are like really cool about seeing Mark Hamill age like that. And, and maybe you could do something like that with Tony Stark and Iron Man. But I, I, past that, I don't see him being involved more than just a flashback, a voice on an intercom, just that kind of stuff. Now, I know, I mean, I can, I, said, I know Hugh Jackman has said that he would come back as Wolverine if they brought him into the MCU. But, you know, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah. Maybe just bring him into the uh, DPU. The DPU? Deadpool universe? Yeah, the Deadpool right. universe. No, nice. Now Deadpool is going to be part of the MCU, so it's all the same now, buddy. All the same. I guess that's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, the conductor has officially left the train. Actually, we are uh, we are probably right at that mark where we're borderline too much. So no, never. There's no borderline about <laughs> it. <laughs> no. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us for season two, episode one of the Woo. Is for Podcast. Woo, woo, we're back. We Whether are like it or not back. So. You will be able to find us on Facebook. You'll be able to find us on YouTube. You can find us anywhere you type in Danger and Sarge. Or just and, Danger Sarge is one word. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's another Danger and Sarge out there somewhere. There are a bunch of Richards. I guarantee they're not as handsome as this bunch. Eh, I'm, that's arguable. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pretty, pretty hot for a 40-year-old. Yeah, you know, so you're 40, huh, 39, but you know, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. I am Sarge, I am Danger, and I am Monster, and we will see you in episode B.